You're listening to The Final Stand with Pastor John. Shaved. Um, the shaving the mustache off was not a good idea. But anyways, I was just shaving the goatee off just to... <laughs> just trying to get... Uh, it's hard to trim a goatee. It's easier just to shave it off and start over again. Anyways, hallelujah. So, good day. After the shock, some uh, my grand one of my grandchildren was just shocked by you know afraid of I shaved off my goatee. Anyways, I have two different prophetic words, three three different prophetic words. Let's let's start and share one prophetic word that I've uh, had the 18th of this month, but have not shared. The first one I, I had was the same exact day that I had the vision about something going down in Washington, D.C. That day, I well, I had two other visions. The other one I have not even, I can't put anything together on it. But the other, the other vision was really simple. It basically was, it's going to sound really bizarre, but I saw the initials of Pennsylvania, so I saw I saw the initial the initials of Pennsylvania, and in in a circle, like a circle, like on a circle, the initials of Pennsylvania, and it was green. And I did a look, I did a search on the internet, and actually on the logo, or the whatever you call that, the the state symbol, is got all this green grass there. And I really believe that's, that uh, some very favorable things are going to happen there. Now, I've, this word was back the 18th, the same day that I had the vision uh, about something going down in Washington. Um, I saw this, and I just I haven't got any more on it, and so that's why I haven't uh, shared more. And uh, so it just, you know, well, that's why I didn't share it at all, because it's like, I, you know... It, but that's as much as I can get, and I decided, like, if the Lord doesn't give me more, just to share what I do get, even if I don't have any more insight. Okay, so that's all I got. So uh, something about Pennsylvania, don't even know, just saw it was fatal, that's it. That was a vision. Um, you know, okay, here's a couple other, I had a vision this morning, and I'm not going to share what it is because I've got to pray into it. I don't know what it means. And these are waking visions had one this morning, which is, you know, I should be having visions constantly, to be honest, but I, I, I sometimes don't spend enough time waiting or seeking the Lord. Um, that's the truth, because I know the Lord has more visions for me. But um, nevertheless, um, so here's a couple things that I want to share. I uh, God is a poet, and we all know it, and... Um, this is a word that I received about four or five days ago. I'm going to share it now. First place, I'm going to tell you all. A, a, a very difficult time is going to occur in the United States of America. Okay. Okay. Things are going to look very bad in America. I'm just telling you that. 
And if you've listened to my program starting in 2016, you know that has been the narrative, what I've talked about. But also, I want to just share that things are going to turn around. And so for a lot of people, people are going to say, well, I thought the prophet said this and the prophet said this. Yes. But I'm going to tell you something or somebody you don't get it. When I was driving off the out of the mountains here, I live in the mountains. And as I was driving down the mountains, I was had been asking the Lord about uh, the darkness and the lights going out and all these different visions I've had for years now. And I was asking him about it. And I got a it was just all of a sudden I became uh, I don't know how to explain revelation, so it doesn't matter. But what 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 was downloaded was this if that's the correct term even at like even as it was with my son that the devil thought he won on the day that Christ was crucified the lights went out okay but while there was darkness over the earth i was stripping the devil of all of his power and authority and what he thought was defeat was actually a ceiling a defeat for Christ was actually a ceiling of the defeat of the devil and as each day went on that Christ was in the tomb the disciples were in despair and the Bible says that the shepherd will be stricken or smitten and the sheep would scatter. And so it is with many who've heard the prophetic word, they have now, things have not come out the way that they thought they would come out and they have lost faith in God. But even so, it's going to even look darker. Wow, Pastor John, I'm telling you, it's going to really look like everything is just over. But I'm telling you, God is going to do a turnaround. God is going to do a turnaround. Now, um, I'm not putting this all into context. So, um, you know, we're just putting that out there. But I'm telling you, people. So this is what the, the things will flip. Now, that's. Uh, I want to share a word that after the darkness... Uh, God actually, uh, you know, I'm like, Lord, uh, the prophetic is for edification. You give me, it's also prophetic, it's foresight, it's insight, it's forthtelling. But I, I, you know, he gave me this word, and it's a good encouraging word, people. You ought to be encouraged by this word. After this time uh, passes, which is going to come, it's going to be this year, not next year. Maybe difficulties next year, but this is, I'm talking about this year. Okay. All right. Um, This is what I I actually was given this word, soaring above expectations. Now, God is a poet. (laughs) Soaring, uh, Soaring above expectations. Once God has done what he's going to do in the United States of America, and I believe this word is for the nations, once God has done what he's going to do, There is going to be a season and a time of soaring above expectations. I don't know. When the Lord gave that to me, I was like, well, that's powerful, Lord. And again, the Lord is a poet. But this is the word. 
soaring above expectations. This is a word for America, but I also believe it's for the nations that uh, you're going to see this. Soaring above expectations. Okay. Now let's get on to the word that the Lord, and that is in the title right now. And And I'll get into that right now. This is the word that the Lord gave me that's in the title. I was at the gym and, uh, you know, I I go to the gym and I was down there for like, um, oh, I don't know. I was down there for uh, three hours, which is like, you know, I'm not or anything, but I'm just saying that I'm a serious, I'm I'm serious about... um, about God and I'm serious and that that that's my time to go and pray and you say really yeah because I got my grandchildren living with me and uh, so it's it's uh, uh, two almost three years old and one is like 10 months behind that so I go to the gym and I work out and I just I just pray and and I listen to preaching and that's what I that's one of my places to get to defrag and decompress and uh and I believe that my body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. So while I was down there, a lot of times the Lord speaks to me there because that's a quiet place. One of my quiet places is because uh, I'm a person that just can block everybody out around me. So I could be on the treadmill and I could be praying on the treadmill under my voice in tongues. And I can do that. I, I've always, I'm a very, I've been able to be a very, very focused person in my life. I don't even know what's going on around me. And uh, anyways... So, here's what I, this is what was dropped into my spirit while I was in, in the gym working out. Uh, it, it is a scripture. Different translations say it differently. Okay. But uh, this is what was dropped into my script, my spirit yesterday while I was just, when I was working out, I think. I think I was on the treadmill. Okay. Um, this is the scripture the Lord dropped in my spirit yesterday. Proverbs 29, 16. When degenerates take charge, crime runs wild. Now, the Biden crime family can blame it on Putin or Trump. But we, the Bible says this right here. When degenerates take charge, crime runs wild. Okay. Listen to this. When degenerates take charge, crime runs wild. That's exactly what's happening in America. It's like a commentary on the news of what's going on in America. It is, isn't it? So this is very uh, uh, apropos. It, it, it really is, isn't it? When the when degenerates take charge, crime runs wild, but the righteous will eventually observe them collapse. This is the scripture the Lord gave me. But the righteous will eventually observe their collapse. But the righteous will eventually observe their collapse. This is a prophetic word. 
we're not discussing things and have, we have not discussed a single thing that we're not supposed to here on this platform. We're respecting that. We want to stay on this platform. Uh, I think it is one of the best platforms out there. Um, I don't necessarily agree with their ideologies or their, their, their thinking, their worldview, their postmodernist worldview. But um, nevertheless, hey, uh, I want more subscribers here. And uh, so, but I'm just telling you, so we're just, we're, we're telling you what the Lord is saying. And uh, we're going to see this. You just, you watch this. This is going to be uh, something that you're going to see. And it's, and, and I, I know this is going to happen. All of this is going to happen. I believe it's going to happen this year. I believe we're going to see this happen this year. Okay. We're not discussing things that have, events that have happened in America. Uh, so don't say that we are attaching any of this. We have not uh, put into context the contents of any of what we just said. Uh, we're just putting it out there, uh, respecting the platform. I have to say this stuff, you know, so everybody sees here watching my video, by the way, that this complies with all guidelines. We've been really trying to stay. We want to stay up here because I know that lights are going to go out. I know the Internet's going to go down. And I'm not talking about, you know, I'm talking about all Internet going down. It's going to happen. Um, and uh, there may be some that aren't, but the Internet's going to go down and uh, the lights are going to go down. There's going to be a blackout in the United States of America. I, I heard an audible voice and had a vision while I was awake tell me this. Uh, I was told that uh, the lights were going to go down, and they're going to go down. Um, so, you know, as I share this, we've got to be prepared for what's coming and uh, the, what the Lord is doing. So I wanted to share that today. To be honest, you all, I've been physically ex exhausted, and um, I really have been. But, uh, but I'm out here doing this again. And uh, so I want to share some other thoughts here this morning that the Lord put on my heart. And I, and I want to bless you all with the communion of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about some things that the Lord put on my heart. Okay. We study the word daily. I'm going to get back. I did a little talking on this yesterday, but I'm going to get into more in depth on this. And I want you to understand this as as uh, as you go through life and as you do life okay you're going to have tests you're going to have trials Jesus promised that and there's two things that you need okay it's a lot of things that you need but there's two things that you need and those two of those things is you need the word every day okay the book of Proverbs it says that you ought to come to the gates or the doors of wisdom every single day and listen to wisdom that you need it every single day okay so and then in proverbs it says if you quit learning you'll even forget what you have learned did you know that's a biblical principle it says if you quit learning you'll even forget what you've learned and so the Bible talks about renewing our mind. It says we've got to wash our mind with the water of the word. Okay. So our minds are washed by the water of the word. And this has to do with the oracles, the precepts, 
okay, the oracles, the precepts, the statues, the laws, okay, the ordinances of the Lord, that that we are to renew our mind with those daily. That's for that's for life and instruction, okay. So we've got to read the Bible every single day, okay. So that our minds are constantly being washed and renewed. And once your mind's renewed, doesn't mean that it stays renewed. You've got to renew your mind daily. Okay. And so reading is essential. I could get more scriptures into this, but there's a million out there and you ought to know them. Okay. Jesus said, uh, you're washed by my words. He said, the words that I speak, they wash you and cleanse you. Basically, He said that in Gospel of John. Paul says that, that, uh, to have your mind renewed by the washing of the water of the word. Look of Ephesians. Okay. Jesus said that if you if my word abides in you and you abide in my word, then you will then then you, there's two different things he said. One he said, if my word abides in you and you abide in my word, then you indeed are my disciples. And then he says, if my word abides in you and you abide in my word, then you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. So the word of God is, is essential for renewing our minds. We talked about this before because you have a mind, period. Whether your mind is renewed or not is, is a different thing altogether. So there's, there's, there's two, two types of mind. There's actually three, but there's the non-regenerate mind. There is the mind of the Christian that's not renewed. And then there is the uh, regenerate, renewed mind. Okay, so there's people that are non-regenerate, okay, and they don't have the spirit. I mean, you, there's several different types of mind. There's the reprobate mind, somebody who has never been born again or has been born again, either way. But uh, reprobate means that they are depraved in their mind. This is a person that biblically, historically, whether you like it or not, they're beyond salvation. Okay, that is a reprobate mind. And some may have been believers. Others may have never been believers. But the point is, a reprobate mind in the Greek means a mind that is beyond repentance. So there's the reprobate mind. There is the natural mind. There is the renew, or there is the is there is the uh, the quickened mind. Paul talks about that our that that our that our minds have been enlightened by the Spirit. Okay. And that is that is the mind of the spirit. So there is the regenerate mind. It's the mind of the spirit, the regenerate mind. Okay. But the, the but a person can have. I don't want to confuse anybody here. The regenerate mind can not be renewed. Okay. Your mind, just because you've been born again, doesn't mean it's renewed. Okay. So your mind, even though you've been regenerated, not degenerated, but regenerated, just because you've been regenerated doesn't mean your mind is renewed. The Bible teaches that, okay? Scriptures tell us we've got to renew our mind and that our minds must be renewed. And he's talking to believers, okay? So the problems that we have in life is because our minds are not renewed. And, and what that means is the way that we perceive things, God, ourself, life, is not right because the way that we're we're looking at life is through lenses or filters that are not been renewed by the word of God so we're not seeing things so the car breaks down and your mind is not renewed what happens okay 
The non-renewed mind says, well, God doesn't love me. God isn't for me. If he was for me, he wouldn't let my car break down. Or God is judging me. See, that's the non-renewed mind. Okay? But if you had your mind renewed, and, you, and it says all things work together for the good of those who are called according to purpose and will of God and love God. Right? Uh, Romans 8, 28. Um, or I think Jeremiah, I forget where it is. It might be 929. Jeremiah says that, he says, I know my thoughts towards you. Uh, what does he say? I know my thoughts towards you, thoughts of good and of peace and an established in good end. So he says, I know my thoughts towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of good and not of evil and of an established and good end. So that, see, if your mind is renewed, your car breaks down and you're like, God's in charge. He's going to work things out. This is okay. This is just a bump in the road. This is a renewed mind. Okay. All right. So your the, the renewed mind is going to affect the way that you look at God, the way that you see yourself. Okay. You're not. You don't see yourself. Well, I'm just a sinner. No. The Bible says you're the righteousness of God. You're a new creation. You're loved of God. You're approved of God. You're in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That, uh, that you're more than a conqueror, that no weapon forged against you will prosper, okay? Uh, so you're, that's, that's a mind that's been renewed, so you see yourself accurately, okay? And then you see others accurately, because a lot of times we think people are just all evil, and sometimes they're just under spiritual warfare, okay? And other times people are, are evil, and we think they're good, and we're deceived as well. But a renewed mind will give you discernment, because because the word of God is what gives a person's spirit discernment. And you train your spirit by studying the word of God. And that's your daily study. Okay, that's the study of the word of God. So you've got to study the word of God. He says in, when he gets scriptures involved in this, Psalms 119. That might be Psalms 119, 19, but I'm not sure. But it says this there in Psalms 119. It says, thy word is a light unto my feet. And a, and a lamp, uh, he says, thy word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. He says, thy word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. So we've, we're having a hard time down here on earth, right? Because there's a disconnect between heaven and earth. This is not heaven. And we need the word. And he tells us that the word is, is an important thing for our life. It's an asset. He said, thy word is a light unto my path. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to handle this. Listen, he says, thy word, thy word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. So the word of God, you need that every day. He says, and I think it's Proverbs or Psalms, he says, the entrance of thy word giveth light. And then he said, the word of God makes the simple wise and how how many of us need that i know i i need that because i've been i've made bad decisions in my life and so you know uh proverbs i think you ought to listen to proverbs every day of your life personally if you could do it you should um i i went through the book of proverbs again you know you i i think it's you know anytime you read the book of proverbs by the way you're gonna you're gonna see the stupidity uh in your own self you say really absolutely because the word wisdom actually, uh, one of the best ways of, of, to define wisdom is common sense. And if you read the book of Proverbs, you can see 
uh, wisdom very clearly. I think it is the, it is the best book on earth on the practicalities of wisdom. I don't think there is another book ever been written that is good on wisdom and the practicalness of wisdom. Um, so you need the word of God every day. Now let me give you a real quick application here. I know for a long time even pastors used to say that knowledge puffs up and knowledge isn't necessary. You need revelation. Listen, you can't have revelation without knowledge because revelation is, is uh, of knowledge. So I heard pastors say this. I pastored eight different times, and and uh, and I've heard pastors say this. We need revelation. We don't need knowledge. Let me tell you something. Revelation is of knowledge, so that's simply just wrong. You do need knowledge. Now the Bible says knowledge puffs up. Okay, that's if you study it like the Greeks, just to show yourself intelligent. Knowledge puffs up. But understand something. I sought the Lord about this for years, and the Lord gave me insight. See, knowledge, okay, is is necessary because without it, you can't have understanding. And understanding is when you receive revelation of the knowledge. Okay. Okay. So this is this is important. So knowledge is necessary because without it, you cannot have understanding. And understanding is revelation of knowledge. Okay. All right. So, let me just give me a second here. Okay. So, knowledge is necessary because without it you cannot have you cannot have understanding, and revelation of knowledge is understanding. So you need it. Okay. Now, when you have understanding and it goes beyond the superficial, it's transformative. Okay. It's transformative. It changes you. That is when you submit to it and you allow it to change. Now, the end of understanding, when you have an understanding heart, then you'll want to do what God says because that's understanding gives you wisdom understanding gives you wisdom okay common sense and so you do what is wise and I'll, I'll show you that in James 4 17 to him that knows to do good and doesn't do it it's sin so you got to do what's right the fear of the Lord's to depart from evil it's not to think about it it's to depart from evil it's not to discuss it it's to depart from evil okay so so we're discussing all of this, and and we need wisdom in this world. We need wisdom in our in our relationships, in our in our ministries, in our personal life, in our our dealing with people, and with all that has to happen in life, all the challenges that we face. We need wisdom, and we get it from studying the Word of God. Okay? This is essential to, to to life, and so you've got to study Scripture. It's not optional. Now, that's the study of the word for the renewing of the mind for instruction. Okay, that's one area. Okay, now we want to talk about a second area. You say there's a second area. Yes, it's called the rhema. I've talked about the, the this. when we study the word, that's the logos. Now, you can get a rhema, which means a breathed word of God, a revelation, okay, what becomes more personalized, okay, from God, a specific word to you of inspiration, revelation, edification, 
okay that is from the Holy Spirit right okay so so what I'm sharing is is this okay the logos you've got to study that's the word but a rhema is the manna now we don't live by with just 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 manna is is all we do is just we're waiting we're always waiting for a prophetic word or an inspiring word a word of edification word like this a word of revelation that's personalized we have to have the instructions the word of god okay but understand something a a a a rhema is the bread it's the bread it's it is it is the bread that is broken among the saints. And let me explain what I mean by this. You'll, some of you have never understood this or heard this before. Uh, and maybe you have, and praise God, I, I hope that you have. Okay. But I'm, let me explain with you. I had a vision. I'm, I'm preaching from a vision right now. Okay. I had a vision that when the church comes together, they are breaking the bread, which is Jesus Christ. See, there is, there is personal prayer and there is corporate prayer. We are not to reject either one of them. But personal prayer is more important than corporate prayer. Okay? But we need both. We need the instruction that we get from, from the Lord in our own personal time from the Word, the study of the Word daily. Okay? There's personal prayer and there's corporate prayer. There, there is personal study and there is corporate study. Okay, but we, what is more important is our personal prayer and our personal study. But we cannot also neglect corporate prayer or corporate study. And I'm going to say there's a difference. Now you can get a rhema at home. And what that means is God is speaking to you a now word, something that is prophetic, something that is applicable to your life. Okay. And so this is what we're talking about now. So I had a vision. And what I basically saw was kind of hard to explain. It was more of an experience than just a vision. It was an experience vision download. Basically, what it was is the bread of Jesus was being broken among the saints. And the Lord showed me that when the church comes together, we are breaking that bread that literally is Christ. And the, the, the last supper was not the first supper. Because before... The Last Supper, Jesus had had already a supper. That's why it's called the Last Supper. He had Passover before that, uh, where he told his disciples, tell a man your your master needs uh, to use the, a room, and he went and had a, had a supper, okay, on another time um, before that, before the book of Acts. Actually, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but before the what happened in the book of Acts, um, which we call like the, the, the supper. Jesus had, had had Passover with his disciples before. Um, he'd been with them for three years. So, uh, you know, anyways, but I'm not going to get into all that right now. But the main thing that I'm focusing on is that when Jesus said, look at, we're going to do a, a Passover, okay, that's the church, right? People say that the church, this is my point, it kind of digressed a little, I apologize for that. But people say the church started in Acts 2. People say the church started in Acts 2. That's not biblical. The church started the first time that Jesus had a supper with his, his uh, disciples. Okay? That was the first service. He sat down with his disciples and he had a Passover. 
I know you may not understand that. Now that 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 was a that was a uh, any time he was teaching his disciples in reality, he was having a uh, a church service. And, and uh, some of you guys, listen, the Bible says there's a lot of scripture to get into this. Matthew eighteen twenty, where there wherever there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. He didn't say uh, Jesus is there. Like, you know, uh, Jesus, I, Jesus Christ, in there. He didn't say that. He used the word I am, the term that was used by Yahweh God when giving himself, giving revelation to Moses. And Moses said, who shall I say sent me? And he said, I am that I am. So Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 20, where there's two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of you. Okay, he's saying that's church. Tertullian, early Christian uh, church father said where there's two or three people in Christ's name that is the church he makes it clear that that's what early Christians believed okay so the church is two or three people in Christ's name so literally whenever Jesus was teaching and preaching and 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 and, and uh, with his disciples that was church but a what I call a technical church service is when he sat down with his 12 and he broke bread with them and then they 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 drank the wine and the bread. Understand something, that's your Passover. In this vision I had from the Lord, I I was seeing, hearing, knowing, feeling, I don't know how to explain it, that the church was breaking bread and that this is the, that this is this I don't know how to explain it really. Um, supernatural event that occurs when we get together. We break the bread which is Jesus Christ. We break the bread that which is Jesus Christ, and um, Cat is just doing something over there. But anyways, we break the bread that is Jesus Christ, and we drink the wine that is Jesus Christ, and we fellowship from the same Spirit which is Jesus Christ. Okay, we're we, we're having fellowship, and through this mystical supernatural thing, we are edified and we are built built up. Okay. It is in this communion of the believers that we receive. Wow, I did, forgot to turn my volume on. It is in this communion of believers, okay, that we are fed spiritually. This is one way. So there is corporate prayer. There is individual prayer, right? There is corporate worship. There is individual worship. There is, there, is, there is personal study of the Word, and there is corporate study of the Word. When you study the Word, you're studying the Word and you're getting instructions, okay? The renewing of your mind, you're, you're learning the, the ways, the, 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 the past, the, the oracles, the statues, the laws, the precepts of God, the ordinances of God, okay? And those are for your daily life. But you need revelation because revelation that is personalized gives you inspiration and it gives you it gives you edification. Okay? Sometimes it's exhortation, but you need that. And 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 a lot of times this way, and I agree with what Rich Joyner said, he had a vision uh, where the Lord told him that I speak to my people by by books that, we have, that they've read, I speak to them by through preachers, um, and I speak to them by visions, by dreams, 
uh, by the Holy Spirit, by angels. God speaks to, uh, you know, he didn't say all that. He just talked about that God says, you know, God, some of the ways God speaks is all through, also through um, books or through preaching. And all of a sudden you'll hear something and it'll just, it'll just, it'll quicken in your spirit. And you know, you know, it's a quickened word. You know, it's a, it's a rhema word. You know, it's a, you know, it's something you needed to hear. And you know, it's like that revelation that builds you up your inner man. And you may, and, and you may have not got that in your personal study. Now you may get it there as well. But one of the things you've got to have, see, because you can also get, I'll tell you this, you can flip it either way. You can get the instruction for life at church too that you get through the word, but you're supposed to be getting your own instruction for life. And I'm going to tell you something. This is the idolatry of the church, and I'm going to get into it in a second, that the church is done. But what I'm talking about is, look, it, you can get instructions in oracles, and in the oracles, the, the precepts, the statutes, the laws, the ordinances, and all of that at church as well, okay? But if you don't study the word on your own, you won't have discernment. You can be misled. By what's being preached at the church. That's why you got to study to to show yourself approved. That's why you got to bring in and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, because your personal walk with God is your responsibility. It's not your pastors. It's not the apostles. It's not the prophets. It's not the teacher. Not the evangelist's job. That's your job. Okay, the body of Christ is for your edification. It's to help you. What we've done is we've made the body of Christ like an idol. Like the body of Christ saves you. No, Jesus Christ saves you. Okay? And as a pastor, I, I know that I would manipulate people, and I would quote the scripture as a pastor. I pastored eight different times, and I would manipulate people, and I would quote the scripture that says, do not forsake the assembling of yourself together. I would, I would use that on people. Yeah, I did. You're, you're kidding. No, no, I did that. So a lot of pastors do. But did you know the Bible says in several places, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord of hosts, and I'll be a father unto you and you be my sons and daughters. And he's talking about the world, but he also could be talking about churches that are teaching heresy or false doctrine. Okay, that is that is a very serious bad false doctrine. And what about in Revelations where he says, come out of her, my people, lest you take a part of her plague. See, we're to rightfully divide the word of truth. <clears throat> we're not just to quote scriptures that are convenient and beneficial for us. These other, we're, we're, to, we're to get the full counsel of God because wisdom is not in part, but in whole. So we can't just quote a scripture and then use it for our own self. So as we look at the word of God and we balance it out, we hear scriptures that say, come out from among them, ye my people. Touch not the unclean thing, and I'll be a father to you, and you'll be my sons and daughters. Okay, so there is this coming out. And and listen, if somebody's teaching some heretical teaching, like, you know, hey, you can live like the devil and go to heaven, you ought to you ought to really uh, probably get out of the church if you can. Okay? All right? Uh, Revelations, he says, come out from among them, my people, lest you take part of their plagues, right? Okay, so you don't want to be there and take part of the plagues. If you want to be there and take part of the plagues, go ahead. And he's talking about the, the, the church of Babylon, the, the prostitute church, the, the world system. But also he's talking about the Babylonian church. Look, so what I'm talking about is this. Okay, the church cannot be, you cannot replace Jesus Christ with the church. 
So we got to keep this thing balanced. Okay, that's why I say there that individual prayer is more important than corporate prayer. Individual study is more important than corporate study. Getting an individual rhema word from God is is better than getting a corporate word. Now, it's not bad to get a corporate word. That might be not the per- perfect way, but you ought to be seeking to get a rhema from God before you go anywhere. But I agree with Rick Joyner that sometimes God will not give us a rhema unless we're around other people because he does. he did create us. Uh, to be social. He did create us for fellowship. I mean, God is social, and God is a society. <laughs> you say, what? The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Okay? God is is created uh, is that way and created us to be that way. We were made to fellowship. And and so, there is the, the idea that the church is salvation. No, it's not. And then there is the other idea that the, where Paul says, no man is an island to himself. Some people are like, I don't need anybody else. No, we need each other. You say, John, it seems like you're contradicting yourself. No, it's called balance. It's called balance. But what we've done today with most churches, the pastors have made a reliance on the church and not Jesus Christ. And they replace the church as Savior and not Jesus. Because they're looking to have people go to church <laughs> so much they're so dependent on the money that they really push this 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 teaching, okay? And the reality is, it's good to fellowship, and you should. But the church is not your salvation, Jesus is. Now, what denomination did Jesus start? He didn't start one. Oh, so what is this mess out there? That's man. Paul said... When one, one says, I'm of Paul, and another one says, I'm of, of Silas, he said, when you say this, he says, you're carnal, and you walk as men. Well, I'm of Bethel. I'm, I'm of uh, the International House of Prayer. I'm of the vineyard. See, this, this is all foolishness, okay? So getting, and this is not digressing. It's all within the teaching I'm teaching right now, and that is this. Look at the rhema that I'm talking about. Can be got. You can get it at home. I'm teaching on the the instruction, the word that is the logos. Studying the logos, you need to study the logos, but you also need rhema words. And for some of you, you may never understood that. Like a rhema is a quickened word, a personal word, a word that that is personalized towards you, that gives you uh, light or revelation or instruction. Okay. And it's just, it's inspiration, edification. It's a word that you need to hear. And so you, you cannot live on just studying the Bible alone, but you cannot neglect the study of scripture because it's for the renewing of your mind and for walking with the Lord. Okay. But you also need to hear from God. And some of the channels from which I'm talking about, God speaks. He'll speak to you by a dream and give you a rhema. He'll speak to you by a vision and give you a rhema. You might have an angel come to you and give you a rhema. You might have a prophet give you a rhema. You might hear a message being preached from a pastor and it's a rhema. You might hear a song that all of a sudden that song just jumps out to you and talks to you and it's a rhema. You might, you might watch a, a movie and actually hear God talk to you through that movie. You might hear something that somebody who's not even a believer is, says and it'd be like, wow. Uh, that's what I needed to hear. And I'm not talking about their worldview, but sometimes God will do that. 
Okay. Uh, I, I agree with what uh, this one pastor said. Is A lot of times when people are not hearing by visions or dreams or by the Holy Spirit, God is speaking, therefore, by the people or the community that they're around. And that's why we need community. Because sometimes God doesn't talk to us by a dream. Sometimes God doesn't talk to us by a vision. Sometimes God doesn't talk to us by the voice of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he talks to us at a community. And so if you want to rhem a word from the Lord, you cannot be an island. So no man is an island to himself. We need each other. This is called the body of Christ. And when we come together, like we're doing here, technically, where there's two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Okay, that is that is what the church def, definition of the church has been for two thousand years. Early Christian writer uh, Tertullian wrote this: "Where there's two or three gathered in Christ's name, there is the church." That has historically been the viewpoint, and Jesus taught that. Uh, Frank Smith, who's he's a, a gentleman that has a doctor degree, I have one as well, whatever that means. But he he studied uh, longer than me, honestly. And he, the, the gentleman said to me that where it says two or three that are gathered in my name, literally this has to do with the law of Moses, a matter being established by two or three witnesses. It's, so it's not just accidental or incidental that Jesus said, where there's two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. He, he's mentioning this because this is how a matter is established. This is, this is, this is, the law says this thing is established. He's saying, when there's two or three people, that, uh, when there's two or three people gathered in the name of Jesus, okay, it has been established that Christ is there. And that is the church. Okay? Because two or three, it says you need two or three witnesses for a matter to be established. So the matter is established that Christ is there. Don't matter what people say, well, you're not a part of this denomination. That, that, that man's not ordained. Um, I don't, I'm not a part. No, that doesn't matter. Okay. That doesn't matter. Okay. If there is two or three people gathered in the name of Jesus, the matter is established that Christ is there. Period. Now, the, the, the Roman Catholics didn't like that, and they killed people for this thinking. Right? But Jesus... The captain of our salvation said in Matthew 18, verse 20, where there's two or three people gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Moses said to Yahweh God at the burning bush, who shall I say sent me? I am that I am. This is the name of God. Jesus said I am eight times in the, in the book of John. And this is why the Pharisees wanted to stone him, because he kept on calling himself I Am, which was a title designated to the Hebrews only to God. Okay? And so Jesus Christ made it clear he was God. He did not come and say he was a prophet. He said he was God. That's what he was saying over and over again. I am, I am, I am, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Okay? And they were going to stone him because they completely knew understanding his doctors, uh, doctors of the law and scriptures and knowing the Torah, the, ten, you know, the, the Pentateuch, knowing the law. They knew exactly what he meant. Okay? Okay? So where there's two or three people in the name of Jesus, that's church. Okay? But you need that. 
you need that, okay? You need that. You need to come together. And this, so this, I'm talking about hearing from God. One of the ways we hear from God is we study the Word of God and understand something. Now, again, let's not get spooky spiritual. You may not get a dream. You may not get a vision. You may not hear from the Holy Spirit. And you may not get a rhema. Really, John, you should try to get a rhema every day. But you cannot listen. You may not get a rhema from somebody. Then try to get it in your own personal time. In other words, uh, listen to preaching, but first study the Word. You can get a rhema as you study the Word of God. Regular study. All of a sudden, something will be personalized, and God will give you a revelation of it that will have an application to your life. Uh, A rhema is revelation that has application to your life. Okay? All right? That we give it a definition. I'm asking the Lord to help me explain what I'm saying to you all. Okay? All right? A rhema is a revelation that has application to your life. That's a rhema. That's a rhema. Okay? I'm asking God. I'm having a dialogue with the Lord. I'm saying, Lord, I'm having a hard time preaching here. Help me. And then he just speaks to me. A rhema is a revelation that has application to your life. There you go. That's what a rhema is. Okay? And you need that. Okay? You need that. And some, you know, reading that David was being chased by Saul and was hiding out in a cave doesn't necessarily has an application to life. Sometimes it might have an application. Sometimes that David was running from Saul, hiding in caves, sometimes might have an application to your life. And other times it does not. But there's there's a lesson that you can learn from it. At some point it may apply. But, but when you read something and it's like right now, you know, like David said, they take my words and they twist them. And, and, and right when you're going through a really bad situation, you, you read that and, and, you, and you understand what's going on or you get some insight about what's going on, whatever the situation is. But you'll find this throughout uh, the scriptures that God will take a scripture and it becomes personalized to you. And now it's revelation to your situation okay and it gives you inspiration and it gives you edification so you need to get this okay and some of the ways you can do this is is corporate and individual so and this is coming through the word sometimes it's listening to preaching I listen to preaching sometimes for three hours while I'm at the gym because I train sometimes up to three hours at the gym Okay, you know, uh, you say really, yeah, because uh, I'm, I'm, uh, what is it? September, I turned 58, and um, and I know that we are to take care of our bodies. And I believe that. I don't believe you can even do the job you're supposed to do in ministry if you don't take care of yourself. So, and I listen to the word for uh, the word of God sometimes for like three hours long, preach, hearing the word of God, and and um, some, and I always get something out of study. If you spend enough time in it, you know, you'll get something. And um, sometimes you'll you'll get, you know, there's so many ways God will talk to you. But the main thing is that you need to hear from God. You cannot just live and you can't live on old manna. You can't live on old. I mean, you there's that's unbiblical to say you can't live on old manna. You can. But you're to get fresh manna every day. 
okay? Old manna, the word of God is always good. Don't think it's not. you got to rightfully divide the word. Sometimes people will use that analogy and say you can't live on old manna. It's got maggots in it. The truth of the matter is the word of God is, the Bible says it's alive and it's living. So anything that is in scripture, you can live on it. But you need to get personal revelation by the Holy Spirit. And this is a part of it, like I said, is we get it from other people. We get it from books. We get it from hearing preaching. We, I've had God talk to me. Have, have you had God talk to you, anybody, uh, through worship songs or through even secular music? I want to see what people say out here. Okay. Has anybody had God? Hold on one second. Have any of you ever had God talk to you through a secular song or a movie? I'm waiting for some. Um, I'm looking for some uh, some people here, a little input from y'all in the chat area. I would appreciate it. Have any, has any of you ever had God? And I know you have, but has any of you ever had God talk to you? Please, uh, if you'd help me here, participate. Has God ever spoken to you through a movie or through secular music that you know i'm not listening to secular music but you know you hear it sometimes in a building or something yes right okay i think that that person is saying yes uh, or maybe not i'm not sure but <laughs> maybe it's a uh, could you just put down there yes through secular music or through a movie god has spoken to me this is more for training purposes this video obviously will be listened to by a lot more people Okay, so just for training purposes, other for others. Okay, here I've got a couple of things down here. Yes, John, he answers to prayer in in in, in any way. Uh, yes, I've heard from God in all uh, all kinds of ways, even a uh, fortune cookie. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, uh, I think it was Bobby Connor that he said that the Lord told him to open a fortune cookie, and he's like, what? Like, that's God, you can't talk to me that way. And the Lord said, open the fortune cookie. And he actually gave him instructions what to do, what was in the fortune cookie. I don't, but he was not saying to go to the occult because the fortune cookies are not, they're not even a real, uh, they have nothing to do with witchcraft at all. It was some American Chinese guy that had a way, uh, figured a way to advertise the fortune, you know, to get the fortunes and make them more popular. It's just like, just sayings for life, you know. And, and that's what it is. So anybody knows actually the history of it, because I've studied China. It's got nothing to do with witchcraft at all. It's just a, it's just like a, a cute thing that's in there. And, uh, you know, that's it, funny. But he said the Lord told him, open it up. And he opened it up, and it had, told him something like, it, like the fortune cookie said, you know, you'll have good fortune in the next town or something like that. And he was praying, praying, you know, something like, Lord, should I go over and preach over there? And the, the fortune cookie said something like, you know, I forget. It was something like this. You'll have good fortune in the next, next town. And so he's like, oh, okay. So, you know, God will talk to you if you're listening. Okay. And so, so we see that. Yes. Uh, Aaron says through music. Absolutely. Now, see, be, be, be a hearer. So don't be don't isolate yourself from other people okay so some of you say god doesn't speak to you okay your brothers in the lord are telling you he speaks sometimes through music through movies okay see or but are you hearing so this is sometimes how you receive a rhema from the lord um and the word uh, songs music sometimes 
if you listen to music, it'll touch you deep in your spirit beyond what words can regularly say and affect you. Okay? Worship music can do that. Okay? But also, I've had God talk to me through secular song. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay? Right, you know, just right with what he was saying, what I needed to hear. It's like, oh, that's right. And it's like the rest of the song had made no sense at all. It had nothing to do with anything. But it was just, boom, the Lord spoke to me. Okay? And you can hear the Holy Spirit speaking. You know? The Holy Spirit is speaking. God is talk, will talk in many mysterious ways. I remember I was talking to a sister one time, and she said, I think our paths were meant to, 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 to run into each other. And as she said that, I looked, I looked right ahead of me, like while she was even saying it. I was looking across the street, and on the license plate of a Jeep, it said, PATH. It said path right on there. I said, yeah. I said pointed to the I pointed to the license plate, and she kind of didn't even get it. And I'm like path, duh, duh, you know. Okay, it was a a, a good a good good sister. And so, you gotta be aware of how God is talking. He's he's trying to talk to you all the time. Are you listening? Dreams, visions. The, the quickened word, okay, the quickened word when you read the word or a quickened word that somebody says, okay, all of these things. But we need this, and we need this, uh, I hate to use the word mystical, but this mystical, and I'm talking in a Christian sense of that word, we need this mystical fellowship of the Spirit where we come together and we break the bread. And as the end times are coming upon us, we need so more to come together and and be fed the spiritual manna. We need so much more to break the bread, which is Jesus Christ. We need so much more to drink the Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. We need so much more to drink the wine, the blood of Jesus, to be cleansed and to be washed by the washing of the water of the Word and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with the saints of God. This is so essential. And, and that's why just going to church is not just important. You need to go to a fellowship that you're really growing in. I mean, we had a Bible study here this morning, dude, seven days a week. This is the headquarters. Uh, you know, like I said, this is an actual ministry. And we had our Bible study here. We have it seven days a week. And, um, you know, and so, I mean, I, I could just sense the Lord in the fellowship <clears throat> that we have. But I, I recognize that it wasn't like this dead religious nonsense that people go through where people go into the church starving and they leave starving. I recognize that we were having the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit this morning, that we were breaking the bread, which was Christ Jesus, and that God was speaking into our lives and giving us revelation, okay, and that we could walk away from the table of the Lord fed and not empty. Because when you break bread, you're fed. When you drink wine, you're, you take nutrients into you. The wine can represent the, the Holy Spirit. When, when you take of the Holy Spirit, you're renewed and refreshed. When you eat the bread, you receive nutrients and strength for life. 
When we come together, we fellowship, we build one another up, we edify one another, we exhort one another, we impart to one another wisdom and instruction and insight that we all need because God created us as a community. God is a community, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And so we need one another, okay? And so it's so vital to understand this as we're in the end times that we are not long rangers long rangers we need one another that no man is an island to himself and we need this and so i'm talking about the two ways god speaks two of the ways through the two different types of word the logos and the rhema of god okay and so you need that okay you need that and and uh, like i said your life will be changed if you watch this program and you'll never be the same because God has saved you to get you to heaven. But we do need to continue in the faith. But we're, we're teaching principles and, and, and truths and revelation from the word of God that's going to cause you to transform. Amen? That's going to cause you to transform. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We've all made mistakes. Each one of us. I've made mistakes. We all make mistakes in our life. But the thing is, is that we learn from those mistakes. And a lot of times we think we're the only person who made a mistake. I'll tell you this. As a, as a pastor, you know, um, it's not easy being a pastor. There's a lot of uh, politics in being a pastor. There's a lot of jealousy in, in being a pastor. Um, I was with one church, and uh, I remember that another man that came in, he was very jealous against me. And so he began to really attack, and he had me removed from the church. Um, you know, I don't know if, to be honest, it was just amazing what he did. Now, it, it doesn't matter, but here, here uh, you'd be amazed what happened. First place, I became a pastor in that church because of a prophetic word. The Lord literally, not figuratively, literally spoke to the main pastor and told him that I was to, he was to install me as his associate pastor. He didn't even know who I was. You say, really? That's so. It's, it's that bizarre. Yeah, I, I was only there for two weeks. I and I told my wife, don't tell him that I've been a pastor. I don't want anybody to know anything. If they know that I'm a pastor, then you know, then they will uh, try to give me a position. Don't say nothing to nobody. And two weeks later, he says, the Lord spoke to me that you're to be that my associate pastor. You say, well, then you're just in there forever. No, the devil always wants to take you out, okay? And so jealousy had me removed. And my point is that, you know, you get discouraged, and sometimes it's like, well, I don't want to preach anymore. And so uh, I had pastored uh, several times in my life, and I'm like, I don't want to preach anymore, God. I, I pastored in a very large church. In fact, one of the churches I was in was considered one of the fastest-growing churches in Orange County. And But I, I, I'm like, Lord, I don't want to preach anymore. And so I, whenever I uh, moved from that state, I was at a, I, I went to different places and I was like, I'm done pastoring. And uh, I go into one church and, and the pastor comes up to me and he says, you need to leave. And I'm like, you know, I'm not a contentious person. So I'm like, what could this be? You know, what kind of, what issue is this? And I'm like, I give my offerings. I thought it was just, I automatically, I'm like, I'm not a contentious person. I know that. I always get along, you know, it doesn't mean I don't correct people, but I've never been like that type of person. So, you know yourself. So I'm like, okay, this, I, there's nothing I've done. So, um, we can mark that off. I didn't do anything. I'm like, 
I, I give my tithes. I thought for sure it was money. I thought maybe he thought I wasn't giving my money because, you know, I'm like, his pastor just walks up to me. He says, you need to leave. And I'm like, and I'm like, what? And then he goes, no, John, you're called to preach. You're called to be a minister. You can't be And I'm like, hey, listen, I came here, you know, I told you I was a painter. You know, basically that's where I was like, you know, so I, I, I came here and, 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 and I told you I'm not a minister and, and, and you're telling me, he's like, no, man, like the Lord had told him, you got to go. You got to, you got, to, you're, you're not supposed to be doing this. No, I don't want to preach anymore. I'm done preaching. So I go to another church and there's a prophet there and the prophet points at me. Okay. And he starts saying, and I've been prophesied that I'm a prophet as well, but you know, it's been prophesied about the prophetic, but this is when I was younger. He you're a preacher. You're a preacher. And I told the guy, this guy's a prophet. He's calling this out in the middle of, of a church service. And I say, I'm not a preacher. I'm a painter. Let me tell you something. We sometimes get disappointed with the body of Christ. I didn't want to be a pastor. Being a pastor is, is, is a, a difficult. Listen, you got people that have issues. Listen, we pastors have issues. You, what, what? We're not perfect. We're all, we're all growing, okay? But you get some serious issues with people in churches that are just like, you don't want to deal with the issues. You, as a human being, you've got to deal with the world, the flesh, and the devil yourself. And then you've got to deal with people that are like, really have issues. And sometimes you don't want to pastor. And so my point is on all of what I'm saying is to you, all of us, we all, in this situation, what I was trying to say is what the Lord has taught me as a 57 years old man going to 58 years old is that at times I, I, that, that I had that attitude of, I won't preach anymore. And that that attitude is wrong. Recently, I had a church building and a small congregation, but pretty good size for as, as little a time that we had been meeting there. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, a good number of people were showing up from like nothing, from having nothing to a good number of people and had a, a congregation, had a church building, renting a church building and everything. And uh, the denomination that was renting to me is a oneness Pentecostal denomination. And they found out that the pastor was renting to me a person who believes in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which was what the early Christians believed in. None of this new, new age stuff, uh, new age kind of teaching. But um, so I, they actually threw me out of my, my church building. And there's a reason for me this. I'm going to put this all into my message for you, and you'll get something out of it. Okay? I'm not just digressing. I've got a purpose for this. Okay? And so what do, what do I do? After this happens, we go here to this house, and we're, we're having house meetings. This house is too small to have house meetings. Okay? It's just, this is just too small for us to have house meetings. It's not going to work here. But I'm like, I'm not going to go rent another church building. Forget this. Listen, look what just happened. I go from, uh, uh, you know, uh, renting this building, people coming in, having good services, and then boom, 
getting kicked out after like being there for like six months and I'm like I just go go to my house forget this pardon me and the Lord told me you're doing it again John and I'm like what you're, you're quitting you're pulling an attitude and I'm like yeah I guess I am because you are you are that is a problem get back in there and so I'm I'm right now calling on the phone and looking for another church building now my point that I'm teaching is this to you all is that in this Christian life we're going to have challenges okay and we make mistakes I make mistakes those are my mistakes I'm going to give you another one I I hate to do this but I'm going to do it anyways this is going to blow your mind one time I was, I've been offered congregations and churches that I've turned down because the Lord told me to turn them down, right? You say, really, I've been offered congregations with pay and everything and stuff like that, and uh, and I turned it down. It's been more than one time, I think, in my life, I just turned turned down congregations and, and you know, uh, salaries and all that stuff. But one time I was offered my own parish by a brethren church. It's a, it's a denomination that I had been preaching in and was doing pastoral work in. And the, uh, the pastor had got it set up for me to go start at my own. They, they, the, the, the district, some big congregation, big denomination, they talked to like the big people in charge and they said, we're going to give this young man his own building very 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 old church it's been around for several hundred years it's called brother church they are born again christians and i was allowed to preach there they were going to give me my own my own brethren church salary building congregation i guess maybe some some pastor had left or something and i was going to get my own congregation my own church building salary everything pretty nice okay and i and and i and i i, I took off i took off I didn't feel I could handle it. I was young. I had pastored several times before this, but I didn't feel I could handle that. And I took off. You say, really, John, you took off. Yeah, I did. And I'm in the Anaheim Convention Center, people. And a woman that I do not know walks across the floor with her finger like this and says, Jonah, 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 you've run from the Lord. And you will run no more. She begins to prophesy that over me. How would you like that? This woman doesn't even know me. And she's prophesying, Jonah, Jonah, you have run from the Lord and you will run no more. How, do you, how would you like that? I've made mistakes in my life. I've made, made, made mistakes in my life. My point is, you cannot think that you're the only one who's made mistakes. When we fellowship with others, we learn about their mistakes if they're honest, right? If they're honest, and then we can have hope. Fellowship is important. We receive rhema. So I didn't digress. I'm, 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 netting, I'm, I'm weaving this all together for the message. See, look at You feel like you're the only one who's ever made this mistake or that mistake. We've all made mistakes. None of us yet are perfect, okay? We've all done that. And so right now, at 50, 
seven or nine, 58, I'm looking for a new church building. And I, and I really don't feel like it. You know, some of you know that at one time uh, I was a pastor at a church called Metro Christian Center. It was, it was on TBN. Uh, they talked about it on TBN as being the fastest growing church in Orange County. It was a very large church. And it was a very affluent church. I mean, you know, Mercedes and, and Porsches, you know, Benz, whatever. Very, very affluent church. And I had been, been actually hired to be a pastor there. And I was uh, among the pastors. There was three of them. And uh, the pastor there was promoting a teaching called Once Saved, Always Saved. I did not teach it, did not agree with it, and do not. But I was told that it would not be in conflict with me taking the position. And I was with that church a while as a pastor, and it was no conflict. They never made it a conflict. So I did not believe and do not believe in Calvinism. Why? Because Calvinism, it was not taught by the apostolic fathers, fathers, which apostolic fathers are first and second century, not the early, the early, what they call the early church fathers. This can be third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever century. But the apostolic fathers are the first and second century, and you can read what they wrote. And they clearly did not believe in Calvinism. They clearly taught over and over again that a Christian could fall away from their faith, lose their salvation. They didn't continue to the end, and so. That's just a new heresy that was made in, in, in uh, you know, in, what was it, in, that, in uh, the 1400s. And, and to be honest, Calvin is no, is no different than, than Joseph Smith or Jim Jones or David Koresh. No different. If you knew your Bible, you would understand that. It's just a make-believe thing. It totally denies what the actual Greek teaches. It's just nonsense. Um, but anyways... I'm not going to get into that, but so I was fired for because the guy asked me to promote a class on Calvinism, and I told him I would not promote the class, so I was fired, and I walked away with my tail between my legs. I was in one of the most affluent positions that I had at that time, a very large church, very big denomination, beautiful building, had my own office, okay, um, you know, just very nice. Month, 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 you know, payments, you know, on, on salary, everything, and I'm like, wow, God, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I, I don't want to preach anymore, okay. But God's like, you got to preach again, and I did, and and I, and I ended up, I ended up in IHS Ministries, and they automatically uh, respected me and and allowed me to become a part of that ministry. I began to preach and teach there, and 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 I've never had a problem with those people. Uh, today I talked with uh, Steve Anderson some 30 some years later and he called me up and he's just like you were on my heart John and uh, Steve's a real man of God and I love him like a father and um, he's 60 he's just like a, two years older than me but Steve's my brother in the Lord and, and uh, I, I ran from that situation I ended up uh, going in moving into because IHS Ministries had five houses and their church and I ended up working with IHS Ministries, which is in his service ministries. That's where I met my wife. So bad things can work out to good things. And that's the best thing that ever happened to me in my life is meeting Lisa. And so that was a good thing. But you got to understand that you think that you, you've made mistakes. Okay. Sorry.
my people for that. I, I keep on forgetting to put the volume, uh, turn the volume off there. We buy the spirit of anybody calling up in Jesus' name on there. But I just want to encourage you. You think you made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. I've said things I shouldn't have said. Okay. We've all made mistakes, people. You just fill in the blank. We've all made mistakes. It's, it's, it's because of the mercies of God that we're not consumed, the Bible talks about. Okay? And God can use us even if we've made mistakes. Okay? And you're not beyond the grace of God and the mercy of the Lord. Okay? I've, I've seen Jesus seven different times in my life. Okay? And, and, and I should have been way above where I'm at, way ahead of where I'm at, way above where I'm at. And here at, as an older man, I'm realizing, wow, I should have never quit. I mean, I heard an audible voice tell me this. How about this? Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. I heard an audible voice tell me that in my room. And I have not always preached from the time that I received a calling to preach at 21. When I was at 21 and I would preach, I would see my messages written in gold. And I would preach just from the the, the take the, the, the gold lettering in the air. I still see gold lettering and stuff like that sometimes. Okay? That's how sometimes I get the prophetic. I just see it written out. Okay? Who cares about how I get it anyways? We're talking about Jesus here. And I'm trying to edify you. Amen. Because what I was talking about a second ago is, what did I say? The bread is Jesus. Amen. Let's get it. Let's focus it on Jesus. But I want to share from my experience as an older man to encourage you as a brother and sister in the Lord that you can do it. And don't allow your mistakes to define you. Okay? You're not alone. We've all made mistakes. And we need to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his mercy and when we make a mistake, we've got to fix it, right? You know, and so, I, like I told you, we need discipline because discipline is the key to freedom, right? If, you, if you're watching 10 hours of the UFC fights, guess what? Discipline is the key to freedom, okay? That's, so, so what do you do? And, and, and how do you maintain your life? The Bible says, Paul says in chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, Verse, is it chapter 8? I think it might be chapter 9. Chapter 9, verse 28. Okay. He says, I beat my body and I bring it under subjection, lest after I preach to others, I myself am a castaway. So, you, hold on one second, y'all. Give me a second. Technical. So discipline is essential to your life. It'll help you to keep your life on track, like I just quoted that scripture, right? you got to beat your body and bring it under subjection, take up your cross, deny yourself. Discipline will help you to keep on track. Don't be spooky spiritual. you got to be disciplined. That's what that scripture teaches us. Casting down every thought, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of every strong uh, stronghold, thoughts that are wrong, and bringing every thought captive to the obedience to Christ. See, you have to bring your thoughts captive. The Bible says in James, resist the devil and he will flee. You have to do that. 
You have to do that. That's a discipline. Okay? So discipline keeps you free. And then when you've made a mistake, you've got to just get your discipline back. Get back up and start disciplining yourself again, and you'll get right back on track. So this older person is giving you some keys on how to walk with the Lord. Jesus said this was what Jesus said. This is what Jesus said. He said, if any man or woman will come after me, let them deny themselves. Deny yourself. That word there, self, is the word suke. That's your soul, mind, will, and emotions. You know, follow Jesus, you've got to deny yourself. Oh, my God, he didn't say that. In this entitlement, narcissistic world, this guy just told me i got to deny myself. Oh, yeah, you do. Yes, you do. If you're going to follow Jesus, you do. So he says you got to deny yourself, self-denial. That's right. That's discipline. That's what we call that. So we so discipline equals freedom. Okay. Then he says you got to take up your cross. Let's crucify your flesh. Got to you got to deny yourself and follow Jesus. Who are we following? Following me? No. Following following some ministry or denomination? No. We're following Jesus. And this is something very important. It's so basic. But listen, people. Listen, Jesus is Savior. Did you get that? By the way, it says in Isaiah, I am I am the Lord God, and there is no other God beside me, and there is no other Savior beside me. Listen, Jesus is Savior. You're not Savior. I'm not Savior. We need to participate, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We need to do that in our salvation. We need to work out our salvation. That's true. But understand something. The Bible says we can, it says that uh, we can do all things through, through Christ who strengthens us, but we can't do it without Christ. It, where, even where it says resist the devil and he will flee from you. You can't do that without Christ. Where it says cast every thought down, you can't do that without Christ. We need Jesus. Today, I think we've replaced Jesus with, with, with the church, like the church's salvation. Go to church. You go to Jesus. This is wrong thinking. Okay? It's wrong. We've replaced the, the, the church with Jesus Christ. And, and we've replaced psychology with Jesus Christ. Forget psychology. The psychology, like Kenneth Hagin cast a devil out of a guy one time, and then the Lord told him to tell him this. Don't go. He was a psychologist. He said, don't go reading your books on psychology anymore. You'll get demon-possessed again. Listen, forget psychology. The blood of Jesus Christ is enough. When did Jesus not become the source? When, when did we think that Jesus and this and Jesus and that? No, Jesus alone is the way of life and salvation. And I've got to preach this message because the church has drifted so far away from this teaching today that I've got to teach this. It's amazing that the church are teaching stuff that's not in the Bible. Do you understand that the inner healing teaching is a new age teaching? A gentleman that came over from, uh, was a Hindu that was, was sent here to infiltrate the Christian churches, and he was involved with lots of people that were actually organized through the Hindu churches to send in Hindus to try to bring them out of Christianity, said that one of the, the teachings they brought in to the Christian churches around the 70s and 80s was inter- My, my phone just did something really weird. I don't know what happened there. Okay. So around the or so, I think it was, he said that this doctrine was brought into the church. 
from, from a man that was a Hindu. Listen, do you find inner healing in the Bible? No. You're a Gentile, by the way. You're not a Jew. You're a Gentile. And Paul is the apostle. Paul is the apostle. Pardon me. Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. He wrote 18 Pauline epistles. If you add the book of Hebrews, which a lot of people think he authored, you have 19 Pauline epistles. He never mentions inner healing in any of them. And he said he received revelation that nobody else had for the Gentiles. But he never, ever mentions inner healing. Listen, if, if an angel or anyone comes preaching another gospel, let him be a curse. Paul never taught inner healing. He taught that the blood of Jesus was enough to forgive you. Period. He said himself, that's all he preached was Christ and him crucified. He said he didn't know anything else than Christ and him crucified. And he said he didn't preach anything else. Oh, that's just too simple, John. We need you to go understand some people need inner healing. Well, it's not in the Bible, and we're supposed to believe you. I believe Paul the Apostle. He told people to repent. He warned believers they could lose their salvation. And he told them the blood of Jesus and the cross was enough. we got to go back to the truth, to the source. You never hear Paul talking, and, and not in a single one of his letters does he talk about deliverance. People needing deliverance. Never talked about it. His message of deliverance is, if you've sinned, repent, and the blood of Jesus is enough. That was his message. That's what he preached. He said that's what he preached. He said, I did not preach anything else. What about anything else don't you understand? He said, I preached nothing else among you except for Christ and him crucified. That was his message. And he taught that the blood of Jesus causes us to be approved, forgiven. The righteousness of God reconciles us to God. That's what he taught. We've run off into all this other new stuff. There was a time where we believed as Christians that the blood of Jesus was enough for your forgiveness, for your remission. Speaking in tongues, guys, sorry. But we believed the church of Jesus Christ throughout the whole earth, those who are born-again Christians throughout the whole earth, we believed that the blood of Jesus Christ was the foundation of our forgiveness. We believe that through the blood of Jesus, we received our, our salvation, and that through it, we receive present forgiveness, and then when we sinned, we receive cleansing through the blood of Jesus. And we look to the cross, and we preach the cross. And we would teach people, you need to come to the cross when you sin and ask God for forgiveness and accept what Jesus did on the cross. When did you hear that preaching? That was preached when I was a young guy constantly. And people were free. People weren't having all the problems they're having today because of power. The blood of Jesus was enough. And people believed that the blood of Jesus was enough. They believe that, people. Not today. Today, people don't believe the blood of Jesus is enough. They don't believe it. 
Hold on one second. They don't believe the blood of Jesus is enough. Okay. I'm going to have to take off here in just a few minutes. Um, the Bible says here, 1 Corinthians, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. And to us which are saved, it is the power of God. See, Paul was saying that to the Greeks, the cross wasn't in it was not an intellectual message. Well, John, we need psychology. We need we need we need we need deliverance. No, see, it's, it's, just, it's just too simple, John. See, but the Bible tells us he was saying that the cross to people like the Greeks, with their educated people, he said to the, to them it was foolishness the preaching of the cross. But he said it was the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believes. And that word of God is true yesterday, today, and forever. Did you know that the power of the cross is still the power to save and forgive today? It is. I'm telling you people, come to the cross of Jesus. We go on real quickly. Um, here, one second. For Christ sent me not baptized, but to preach the gospel. Not with the wisdom of the word. word, word me this is first corinthians chapter 1 verse 17 for christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel not with the wisdom of words lest the cross of christ should be made of non-effect the cross of christ is made of non-effect when we when we preach it the way that people are preaching it we're not to preach it that way it's not biblical people okay it is not biblical Okay, it's not. We need to preach the cross the way that Paul the apostle preached the cross. Okay, that it's the answer. That it's that that is the way of a reconciliation to God. It's through the cross. Let me go to Galatians real quickly, and I got to go take someone to the hospital, or I got to take someone to get their eyes looked at. Uh, one of the brothers here in the ministry has got to go, and I got to bring him down there. So. Because, like I said, we have our house and we have two other little houses on here, on this property here that we rent for our headquarters here, where we have church services, okay? And I've got to take somebody to the to the doctors. Okay. Galatians 6, 14. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of the Lord Jesus by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. One more scripture real quickly. Paul said, I did not know anything among you but Christ and him crucified. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. And I resolved to be just like Paul the Apostle. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus and him crucified. If that was good enough for Paul the Apostle, it's good enough for me. One other scripture. Paul said, I preach nothing but Christ and him crucified. Well, that's the same. That's the same thing, basically. So I've got to go take this person to the doctor, y'all. Got to go. Shalom.
Pastor John, thank you so much. And again, this is a this is a 513 ministry, so I appreciate it, your donations and your prayer. We pray for you every day. So send your prayer request in. We pray for you every single day. Don't remember all the names of everybody and all that kind of stuff, but we lift up everybody who watches this program every single day, seven days a week. Uh, you've had the brothers here from the ministry. They're like, yeah, we do. That's what we do. They might, I, yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, he, we do. They know that seven days a week. So God bless you. Pastor John. Shalom.